This is the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the AV Forums Gaming Podcast. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the uh, Xbox One special. Um, we, of course, jumped online within minutes of the announcement and uh, recorded a podcast. It was about 120 minutes, if I remember correctly, Ben. Sorry? <laughs> Perfect pickup there, mate. Just smooth as hell. Good to know you're awake. Um, joining me, as always, is Mark. Hello, Mark. Evening, Steve. And, of course, Leon. Hello. And we welcome back Ben. Hello. Post Xbox One, fellas. Um, Leon, has there been uh, any um, any talk on the forums about this interesting little news article by any chance? Talk? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Try explosion, I guess. Uh, it's really divided um, talk. Like Even like a week after the event, it's so funny. I went on just today and there's still people really getting into quite... Um, not heated, that's not the right way to describe it, but people are talking quite passionately one way or another. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was giddy to close the speculation thread, which had been driving me nuts for a while with people just speculating and running themselves in circles. But I think I'd failed to see the fact that we are now in the stretch of, I don't know, several months of just even more speculation about the release dates and all the information they didn't tell us in the reveal and what they've said they're going to do and stuff that's come out afterwards. Uh, Now it's just full-on people. Console wars are back, basically. We're back in 2005 and the console wars are raging again. You wrote a great little article about what Microsoft have not um, made a big deal out of. Uh, What's come to light after the event? Uh, quite a few things actually um, I guess hot on the list is that used games are out although we, we knew that in the uh, last podcast didn't we um, but we didn't mention it actually on there possibly uh, but yeah used games are out um, lots of little different things like Connect needs to always be on um, that sort of stuff really or lots, lots of little bits and bobs which people to be honest they're not gravitating towards after the media focus presentation um, games just seems to be having bad news after bad news really Let's talk about the um, second-hand games uh, situation. Is it really a big deal? I see a, a lot of chat on Twitter. Uh, some guys, I follow some guys from the forum, and they were talking about not being able to swap games with their mates anymore and game rentals and stuff. And I can't really imagine that's that big a deal these days. I mean, to be honest with you, I can't even see myself running out to buy a disc. I, I, I just buy it digital, um, digital delivery. Um. I mean, I'm on the other side of that argument. Uh, I really do want used games, but I think it's important to sort of say before we even have the discussion that Microsoft are being particularly vague about this. Um, Mark was saying earlier, uh, Phil Harrison has been doing a lot of backtracking and a Eurogamer article has been updated several times and then eventually they've just assigned Major Nelson to come along and say, we don't know. Wait till E3, which if you ask, if there's any questions you want to know about the Xbox, I can guarantee you the answer is we'll tell you at E3. That is essentially their boilerplate for anything controversial at this point. Any other juicy nuggets come out, like Always Online or anything like that? Um, They have dispelled the fears of Always Online a little bit, but again, a lot of vagueness going on here. Um, There's talk of a time period when your machine will need to actually be on the internet. Um, 24 hours has been banded about. Um, Steam obviously has 30 days. Somewhere in the middle is probably right, I would imagine. I mean, there's there's lots of little stuff, um, like friends lists have been expanded, uh, they've got some 4K support. A thousand at now. Yeah, a thousand. I don't know, who knows a thousand people. Uh, 
that they want to play games with. I did actually, I did feel the uh, Xbox Friends list back in the day. I used to have to manage it, boot one off and boot one back on. But there's no way I ever played consistently with 100 people. Um, and I think when you're you know, a member of a forum like ours, it's very easy to fill up your friends list. Um, but a thousand, that just seems crazy. Yeah, so I mean, the way our forum runs, we have like gamer tags, which are specifically for games and stuff. So people add that gamer tag rather than having loads of other people and stuff. So it's quite efficient. But yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's I'm not on Facebook and I don't really see the point of adding people who I barely talk to. But I don't know. Some people might want it. Ben, you were pretty much sold on the fact that you were going to be a PS3, a PS4 owner day one and not an xbox one owner has anything swayed you since no not really and i think the thing that leon touched on there about used games that is quite a big deal to me and i I, um it it just i think it's kind of indicative of the way that microsoft are viewing the way that uh, games need to be uh, sold and played by people and there's this whole thing about where ownership um, is I mean, if I go out, and, it's an old argument now. But if I go out and buy a DVD, or if I go out and buy a, a a new car, I'm entitled to resell that, and I don't have to give anything back to the people that produced it. I don't see why that should be the same with with games. With but there is an exception because um, Steve, uh, you know, I know you're a heavy user of um, Steam, and I am as well, and we can't resell those games. But they're so heavily discounted, and they're in a marketplace where there is competition from. Um, good old games and even, I suppose, Origin and all, all of the other stores. But if Microsoft haven't... They haven't proved to me so far that they're willing to discount games that they sell exclusively um, tied into their own product. Uh, so the at the moment, digital downloads through them cost as much as a new game would cost in the store. I don't think they ever put prices down. Is that right? Um, or certainly very rarely. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been on the Xbox Marketplace, so I, I wouldn't know. Leon, do they have flash sales or anything kind of exciting like um, that? They, they had some recently. I mean, as a rule, no. Um, the prices seem fairly static. I mean, they have Deal of the Week and stuff, which will um, discount certain games, but nothing really like Steam. They did have, very recently, before they announced the Xbox One, maybe like a month or so, some crazy sales where stuff was just being it was like a steam sale you know like bioshock was on there for four quid or something and resident evil was there for five quid but i think that stank a little bit of we're pushing all this out of the door because we're about to basically cut off um, the console um, right. so but, uh, if i if i wanted to download FIFA, i just looked at a game at random online fifa 13 right so that came out um obviously came out last year uh, there'll be a new one out in the next few months at some point. At the moment, if you want to download it through Microsoft, £49.99. It's outrageous. Uh, and the idea that suddenly they stop doing used games, but they bring down that price to something equivalent of what you might pay through Steam for, for a similar sort of game, wow. um, I just don't think it'll happen. And I, So I don't trust them. I don't trust them to be reasonable in what they do in terms of if they have that degree of ownership over the product. I'm surprised. I, I fully expected them to. Well, I still fully do expect them to do kind of, you know, similar Steam style sales. Maybe not every weekend and, you know, every day in the way that Steam does, but, you know, certainly like holiday weekends and uh, other bits and bobs. But I think the, the, the price of games on Steam as standard is considerably lower anyway, even without all of the sales. Well, they always were. PC games were always cheaper anyway. So. You know, then Steam, I guess, compounded that. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I think. I think it's right. I just think that if if you're going to say to people, all right, look, you know, use claims. I think we can let that slide now. It isn't. It isn't a huge deal. It's not something we need to be too invested in. I'd just be very careful because you're completely locked into one seller of claims, and there's no competition. And you have to say, do we trust those people to give us a fair price? And I'd say, in the case of Microsoft, the answer would be no. The, I think part of the outrage has come not just from the fact that used games might be kind of almost being penalised and so therefore you know you don't know how much that second-hand market's going to be kneecapped but it's why it's happening that's kind of got a lot of people quite hot under the collar because it's not like it's solely being sold as this is good for you the gamer largely it's due to the fact that they want to have it as you being able to switch between watching a blu-ray that might be in the drive and then playing a game that's already installed on your hard drive so it's it's moving towards that kind of multitasking PC media box type thing. And so therefore, it's not really empowering you as a gamer. And so therefore, it's, it's not really a, a choice that you can make. The, you're, you're being forced to have this media box. And because of all of its other functions, now that you can Skype and now that you can you know, launch Internet Explorer and watch a Blu-ray all within the space of 30 seconds, for that, you might be losing the second-hand market. I think if people were offered the choice and said, here's one box, you can't play any of these uh, second-hand games on, but you get all this other stuff, or here's another box, it's purely for games, but you know what, you're going to have to Skype call through something else. I'd, I'd be very surprised if the gaming machine sold less. Well, I don't know, the the uh, hardcore gamers in the threads that Leon looks after might have a thing or two to say to you about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, d I don't know. I think it's a lot of still wait and see. There's a lot of people arguing about stuff, which we, we're all scrabbling over the same small bits of information. Um, and ultimately, we just need to wait and wait for E3. Another massive point that's come out of the Xbox threads um, is Connect being always on and potentially monitoring you in your lounge, which is quite interesting. Mark was saying that he might uh, cover up Connect in his lounge <laughs> when it was not using it. Um, well, the, the stories I've heard about Mark's lounge, I'm not surprised. I'm not making any comments about what goes on in Mark's lounge, but I'll let him refute the claims. All, all I'll say is that I've, I feel more comfortable if a camera isn't pointing at me. And, you know, it's just kind of, you know, knee-jerk reaction, I know. But, however, if you have seen anything where, you know, someone's hacked in someone's PC or something and, and got shots from a webcam... You do wonder to yourself, you know, I mean, you know, Sony are a huge corporation and look how much data, you know, they suddenly seem to lose. There's, there's actually like genuine sites that are set up um, where hackers share like webcam information and how to hack certain cams. I'm trying to think what it's called. I'm sure on the open internet that is entirely a possibility and I've no doubt that that happens. And it's 100% done. I mean, it's like yeah. you're talking about, you know, the lowest form of human being. But Xbox we... Live is a closed system. I, yeah, I would be very well, surprised. Hopefully. I think it's, it's more the big brother aspect is, is what people are worried about. That you know that There's all these scary things with Kinect where you can tell when you're smiling and it can tell you what heart rate is. So in theory, they could tell that you're watching a film and that you but, like yeah, it. This, well, this thing, if you've got you know four or five family members around watching a movie and it works out that you've got this many people and wants to charge you a little bit more because you... You've got loads of people around. I think that's that's where you're suddenly like, hang on a sec, this is a bit too much. That has to not be true, right? I mean, it sounds it sounds just 
too much. I mean, no one would have that much front. It's been patented, though, hasn't it, Ben? Didn't you put a link somewhere at some point? Right. Ah, so that's how it's come out. But um, from what I understand, they not just Microsoft, but these companies, they paint, patent everything they think of. It doesn't mean that all of it's going to come to pass. But if this did, I would have a real problem about that. And I would even be tempted to be posting angry things on forums <laughs> to sort of talk about <laughs> how much, how terrible I think it is. But not as, a, I think it's a bit unfair to to say, you know, people are talking about it as if it's something that's definitely going to happen. And in fact, when I posted that link, didn't someone reply and said, well, that, you know, that's me out then. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would sort of feel like maybe that would be a deal breaker for me if it actually happened. But, you know, let's wait and see if it is going to happen. Yeah, companies buy other companies to get their patents. I mean, it's it's just a, you know, it's it's one of those things. So we're, we're, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Just jumping back to the uh, used game thing. One thing did occur to me, though. I think you could kind of rule out middle-of-the-road games being sleeper hits. You know when you have quieter months and something comes out and there's nothing really else that's that exciting, but people will buy it knowing that they can trade it in you know, within a few days or within a few weeks. Do you think there's a chance that it could separate the men from the boys, so to speak, in, uh, in, in the kind of AAA titles? I would have thought they'd sell more. Simply because of the fact that if you know if if you take out say the huge amount of used games that are in your average video game store, and if you could only populate it with stuff that was in the charts, you know the stuff that's new that's being pushed by the publishers, then there are going to be months there where some real dross is going to get in. I'd love to know what what, what the average spend is on on video games a year. Well, you know, I think there was a time when I would easily buy everything that came out. Because I was just in that frame of mind at that time. Leon, I know you used to go into uh, Game Every Week and check out the new releases before putting the trigger on something. I mean, are people's buying habits likely to change? Yeah, totally. If, if the end-of-day scenario of used games go away does come to pass, then sure, yeah, people's my, my spending habits will change. Like, I won't be able to buy a game, finish it in a week trade it back in for 30 quid and just keep rolling it month month on month or week on week or whatnot. Is that what some, something you used to do, was it? I do that now, you know. I, yeah. I, I still do do it. I, I'm making a concerted effort to finish a game quickly because I can feel the, the trading price dropping. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I want to get the most money from it. Really? Is that a way to play games, though? Um, when you play a lot of games, yeah. Um, it, it depends, you know. If for a shooter, I play a lot of shooters. Shooters are eight-hour campaigns. I can sit down on a Saturday playing an eight-hour campaign the day after it's come back, trade it in the next day for 30 quid, and bang, I've got a new game. It's it's just cost-effective way to be a gamer sometimes. Yeah, of course. Shop 2 did a study last year, apparently, I'm, I'm reading now, that says the average British gamer spent £334 uh, in 2011. So that's like... Point nine of a game a month. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds low to me. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this probably isn't the time to have this conversation. But um, I think there is the the broader problem with all of this is the industry isn't really sustainable in the form that it's in at the moment. That the the cost of producing the very very top um, AAA titles is clearly too high for the amount of money they're bringing in. There were those crazy stats out a little while ago about Tomb Raider and how they fell short of their sales projections, which were hugely inflated over anything they were ever realistically going to get. And I, I think it's probably, if not due... It's only been out a few months though, right? To, yeah, but I think um, because it, they've got like, long-dish tales, haven't they? But most of the money's made quite early on. Really? That's in, yeah, interesting that they would project figures and take figures in, in that time. I'm surprised. 
that, I mean, that, that's how they judge the success, I think, in terms of what it makes w in the first sort of short period after release. But if it costs, for, for, my, for me, especially, this is part of the thing, without me wanting to sound like um, a sort of typical PC gamer again, but part of the thing that I quite like about the Switch that I've made is there are a lot more independent games around that are doing very interesting, different things. And from, from where I am at the moment, if the industry, the big part of the industry, the AAA part, were to fall over, as I think it's looking inevitable uh, at some point in the next couple of years, I'd actually say, all right, well, you know, that's the way it goes. I, they were trying to, to overspend, make things, and I don't, I, I don't think they're actually making the claims that people really want. Yeah, it's a really, really good point, and especially when you consider that there won't be any indie games on the Xbox One because the arcade scene and the uh, the indie scene's been killed off. It's, a, it's an interesting move. It's a, it's a very interesting move. Like Ben was saying, you know, the whole industry is polarising into AAA or one dude in a bedroom. Um, like you say, the, the middle is being cut out and used games can only make that worse, I suppose. Because um, those are the games that you go in there and you've got 30 quid, it's not a full title. So you play something which is just middle of the road. So then I guess if we're going to look into our crystal balls, there's a chance that we'll have a scenario where games are only coming in-house. So Microsoft uh, could reach a point where they've absorbed enough publishers or enough have died off where they're releasing exclusives only for their consoles and, you know, Sony may be doing a similar thing elsewhere. It'd be, interesting, it'd be fascinating if someone like EA or Activision pinned their colours to a mast and decided that they were only going to develop for one platform. It would be fascinating. Terrible, but it would be very, very interesting. It'd be interesting. I mean, EA is not too far away from doing it now. I mean, EA and Microsoft swap like execs, like ridiculously. You know, the people jump back and forth between those two companies, like they're changing clothes, sort of thing. Um, and, and they're always doing. Obviously, they've had this ignition thing with their EA games, and Activision's in bed with the exclusive content and stuff but I don't think you'd ever see that if anything I think it's going to go the other way both consoles have very similar architectures at this point they're getting closer to being basically just different branded boxes um, so and you see Microsoft I mean they've doubled down on content at the beginning of a generation because they have to to get their box off the ground but as a past record they don't really have a good track record of owning publishers and putting out good games for their console so I can't see them starting now well, listen, we're at a point where um, Microsoft have pretty much shown their cards in terms of hardware and specs and stuff, and Sony have done the same. Fair to say that the PlayStation looks like the, the hipster console at the moment? It's only because Sony are keeping quiet. You know, we've got this whole basically polarising thing about second-hand games, which is at the very core of everyone's spleens exploding with fury, and Sony just haven't actually said anything. What Sony have said is, uh, we won't block second-hand games. That's it. Well, well, Microsoft aren't blocking second-hand games. They're just saying, well, no, you can do it, but you're going to have to pay to do it, or yeah. someone down the line will have to pay. I mean, they're now saying there won't be any activation fees. Well, no, but the business that you buy from, it sounds like, will be paying the activation fees, and if you think they're going to be absorbing that extra cost, you've got another thing coming. They're going to pass it on to the punter. So, you know, Sony really have... You know, it's it's a bit of a sticky situation there. I mean, they must have planned this out. This does seem to be something. You know, everyone's given a kicking to Microsoft, but it does seem like it's coming from the publishers. And if it's coming from the publishers, then how can Sony go any other way other than kind of put the same system in place? I mean, if they don't, you know, you you almost painted the scenario there for us, Steve. You know, 
what if EA and Activision say, well, either put DRM on, you know, either bring this into play or, you know, we back Xbox One and that's it. There's one point I wanted to make about this, which is, it's really weird, like reading the forums and stuff. People, I don't want to say people feel really self-entitled, but people need to realise that Microsoft is a massive company. Like, I don't, people seem to think that gaming is just like this small enterprise which not many people do and that companies should be tailing it our every whim, when they're not. Like, Microsoft are looking at massive spreadsheets going, hey, loads of people watch ESPN, so let's cater to those people. You know, they're not catering just to the gaming crowd. Like it or not, and it's a horrible thing to say, but they have a lot more people to worry about if all the gamers went away and they just got all the casual people, they'd be cool. Look at Nintendo. So they're trying to straddle those two divides and they haven't really catered to us as of yet. We're hoping E3 might be, but I've got kind of a horrible sinking feeling about E3 that perhaps it won't be this Hail Mary pass of games that we're looking for. And do you know what? Just while you're talking about um, the media features of the Xbox console, I just wanted to make the point is I don't know how many of you have used cable tv in the states but it's not a particularly nice user experience and it varies depending on who your provider is and what kind of box they give you but generally the boxes are pretty crap so it's not only just microsoft you know trying to uh, wedge itself in there i mean there is actually a gap in the market and i think a lot of people over there will be quite delighted at the fact that they don't have to operate those um, really quite clunky bits of kit anymore. I, t I totally agree. And I, I've literally this week just bought a Google TV, um, which is basically Google's <laughs> what? version of, of what Microsoft... You've done what? Yeah. Why would you do I that? know, I know, right? It's weird. Um, Where did you even find one? I just... <laughs> Bought it, um, I bought it in PC World, actually, saying that. Oh <laughs> I hate buying things in PC World, but I did anyway. Breaking every rule in the book. It was on, it was on offer. Um, but it's, it does exactly the same. Really? <laughs> yeah, strangely. But I never thought. It does the same thing that Microsoft attacked. You know, you plug your TV, or my, in my case, a TiVo box into it, um, and then I can just switch to that at a flick of a hat sort of thing, whilst having all my Android features, and I've got Google Music and all sorts of stuff. Um, and to be honest, it's actually quite nice. Um, I think a lot of people are writing off like this whole TV integrated and there at a moment's notice thing without actually realising that you're right. Like TV boxes are terrible. The interfaces are rubbish. And being able to pick up a, a controller and just go Sky One, press Enter, and it goes to Sky One is actually kind of cool. <laughs> We, uh, we will be recording an E3 special um, just after the conference. Um, I don't think we decided which day, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep everyone in the loop and um, we'll have a nice special for you. But, guys, what, what are we looking forward to? I had a quick look down the, um, the list of games. One thing really, really stood out to me, and that was a um, Respawn Entertainment to be announced title on there. That really caught my eye. Anything catch your eye? Interesting to see what... Um, Nintendo come out with as ever. Um, Mario's Zelda. definitely going to be there this year. Yes, Mario will be there. Um, I think they'll be showing. I'm, I'm off, pleased uh, for you. I'm excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, sure you are, mate. But no, I think beyond that, it, it's it's really kind of the stuff that hasn't been confirmed that's more interesting because I mean we know what's going to be there. We know that there's going to you know kind of Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty and there's going to be lots of that kind of stuff. But uh. The one that I'm really kind of hoping might be there that we might just see Fallout 4. It'd be nice. Oh, yes, please. Quite conspicuous in its absence, really, and you would have thought those guys should be showing up with something. 
it is the kind of game that would kind of make me say right day one buying one of the new consoles and if it's if it was there then that would be the game to pick up with them it's the kind of game that makes me want to quit my job (laughs) (laughs) i love you on the adverts box quote can you imagine how many people are going to call in sick that day when it's released hey i tell you what next gen we'll be able to order it and it'll be there at midnight on release ready to go if you get digital delivery hopefully we haven't confirmed have they confirmed day one downloads i'd be i'd be insane if they didn't Mm. i mean man that would be i think retail would have a bit of a fit i mean we're still in the boxed copy because they're really bothered about retail at this stage well you know they've got to sell them somewhere aren't they very true. Uh, back to E3. Leon, you must be uh, casting an e- eagle eye down the list looking out for something special. Yeah, market a big one for me, Fallout 4. If if they announce that, then wow, that'll be Megaton, like the definition of Megaton. Well, um, you're going to quit your job, aren't you? Yeah, literally. They, they won't see me for about a week. Um, <laughs> other than that, what has been rumoured, and it's been rumoured for a while, is Mirror's Edge 2. Mm. I am waiting for that. Apparently it was listed on Amazon, um, which is kind of a bit of a giveaway. But I had a look down the list um, of games that are definitely going to be shown off, and it wasn't on there. So I wouldn't expect them to put it on a list. I'd expect them to try and surprise us with it. Hopefully, do you think? It, do you think it is? Is it a big fanfare game? It was always kind of a bit of a hipster game back in the day. It always seemed to be like you had to hear about it from someone else or you know you were telling someone else that it's really great and they should try it out yeah I I don't think it's it wasn't a particularly mainstream game back in the day when it came out but I think it's been so long now and everybody's been so like driven down by a repetition of very similar titles that something like Mirror's Edge seems like a really good idea he's saying everyone picked it up second hand I'm saying a lot of people did Mirror's Edge went down to 15 quid about a, a week after it came out it was, it was yeah. that bad um, but I think it's had a really good kind of cult following um, since it came out so different it was it was different it's nothing like it mm, super good so apart from that apart from that there isn't those are the two titles that I specifically would like them to announce and see but beyond that I want I want less of this trailer rubbish I want to see a dude standing there with a with a controller in his hand and I want to see gameplay on a screen I don't want to see trailers I don't want to see could be's I don't want to see target renders I want to see gameplay for everything yeah totally agree Ben what's uh, what you in the, the hunt for oh I'm I think looking down the list of uh, claims that are definitely going to be confirmed to be shown I think there's three for me that really stand out <clears throat> and they are um, the Daisy standalone has been confirmed which I'm crazily excited about and in fact before we were doing the record tonight I, I dipped back into Daisy as I do about once a week and it's just it's a fantastic idea really well delivered by people who clearly love what they're doing with a really really great community around it so I'll be really excited to see how far they've got with the development of the standalone for that um, nodding with approval over here no, it was you that got me t- turned me on to it in the first place. I think. Yeah, that's it? right. And I, I don't think I played it anywhere near as much as you. I've put hours and hours and hours in. I've got friends. I've got like people that I speak to quite a lot <laughs> in real life. Um, there was that the uh, that that guy that was putting YouTube videos up, and uh, he played it all the time with a guy that sounded just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I don't know whether <laughs> he was trying to or whether he just did naturally sound like it. It would be reassuring, wouldn't it, if you'd be kind of wandering around in a zombie apocalypse with anyone. You'd want it to be someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my God, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the other two, actually, are... um, I don't know know how much excitement there is around Saints Row 4 generally, but for me, I loved Saints Row the Third. I thought it was um, 
pretty much well it's one, definitely in the top five games of the year in the year it came out um, and I think it's great and if they can kind of deliver on that over the top uh, GTA style open world thing they do they did really well in Saints Row the third I think it could be again one of my favorite games of the year Grand Theft Auto. Anyone else excited for that? Um, yeah. Really? I'm. So, oh, I'm surprised you're so. Uh, I, I am sitting on the G- fence. GTA there. takes itself too seriously. I'm with Ben. Like Saints Row, Saints Row, Saints Row Four was um, was amazing. Uh, I completed that, and I think I'm nearly a thousand. Saints Row Three. Yeah, Three. Sorry. Um, three. It was yeah. absolutely amazing, and it just doesn't take itself seriously. And they've released some videos about Saints Row Four, which <laughs> doesn't take itself seriously. Now that has got to be the end of this. <laughs> well, the, of this in the new one, they've got. A dubstep gun which you fire it at people and it makes them dance while it plays dubstep so I'm in you know everyone knows dubstep's longer yeah but I'm, I'm still I'm still down that is that is amazing <laughs> uh, so yeah but GTA you know what I'm, I say I'm meh on GTA but I love GTA I'll play it I'll finish it um, it just yeah the three campaigns thing seems like it might be a little bit I like the sound of the, the world sounding bigger than all of the GTA worlds put together that sounds interesting I'm keeping a completely open mind about it. I want it to be awesome, and I think it might be. Uh, Mark, you might have something to say about this one. Nintendo not actually doing a press conference this year. They're just going to um, have a little uh, market stall in the car park. <laughs> 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 no, they've they've never been hugely enamoured with E3 anyway. Um, oh, you know, we go. go. But well, it, it's true though. It is true, and with no big hardware announcements, I mean, it does seem. You know, it's hugely expensive to put on these massive shows, and you know anyway, even if you put on the greatest show ever, everything would be covered by, you know, all the coverage would be following Microsoft and Sony. As soon as Sony unveil the box, you know, anything that you've you've done will be completely obliterated from memory. Can't have they, like, released the pink version of the Wii U or something, or, you know, rainbow-coloured <laughs> version, you know, a bit of, bit of fanfare? Sitting there in your PC ivory tower, it really is sickening. It is sometimes. But, uh, you know, you know what? I, I'm, I'll make a little prediction here. Nintendo will do better out of this E3 and rolling into the holiday season as a plus one kind of console alongside those next gen consoles, simply because they will be the one that allows secondhand games, and they will be the one focused solely on gaming. I think they'll sell more to the younger market as these other consoles start to kind of push themselves as media boxes than anything else. And the lineup of games, I mean, they're going to have Bayonetta 2, hopefully. You're going to probably have a new Smash Brothers, Zelda, um, Wind Waker HD, um, hoping for something from Retro Studios. Could be a new Metroid, could be a new Firefox. Well, listen, um, if it, there was ever a game which would make someone go out and buy a console, it's Mario. And crucially, he is going to be there. So that's one to look forward to. Exactly. I mean, you know, they they know their audience, they know their crowd, they know their their loyal gamers, and so therefore they you know they play to that. And I don't think there's anything really to to criticise with that. You know, they they scored a massive kind of breakout hit with the Wii, and that kind of inflated people's sense of where Nintendo would go. But they were always likely to see that market retract somewhat and fall back to those people who would continue buying the first party titles that are still profitable for them to be able to make the boxes that they play on. That's, you know, just their simple market strategy. Okay. Well, Sony will almost certainly be doing a uh, big press conference. They're going to be unveiling the actual hardware. Do you think it'll be there just under a, a, a velvet blanket? Maybe it'll be silk. What kind of material do you think they're going to cover it with? <laughs> 
They'll pile it with second-hand games. That's what they'll do. Yeah. Isn't literally the box is made from second-hand games boxes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I, I'm really interested to see how they um, react to, you know, the Microsoft furor sort of thing. Like, do they come out and go, "All right, so just knocking these out, second-hand games, boom, always online, boom. Here's what the box looks like," and just really, really try and increase on the momentum, or do they toe the party line still? And have they got a marketing plan that they're following? Wouldn't it be great if Microsoft just um rigged it so they had like i don't know 100 people in that conference and just as they pulled the silk sheet off mm. they all just laughed <laughs> <laughs> hysterically laughed at it i think it'll look nice though my prediction for sony is i mean their hardware is always fairly swanky it pretty much has to at this point they've made such a big deal out of it and teasing it in the way that they did you know it's not a sports car it's a games console but if they put it off, fair play to them. But what happens if they do a Microsoft? You know, Microsoft have said they've got all the entertainment stuff out of their conference. What happens if they show you the box and then go, hey, check out the entertainment capabilities for half an hour? Well, they're idiots. <laughs> They'd be idiots, wouldn't they? Mm. At this stage, having seen what, you know, the backlash, um, I don't think there's anyone in the marketing department there that quite has the cojones to... Um, to go for it but you've got to get it out there at some point i mean there have been people who've said that perhaps microsoft have secretly played a blinder here in getting everything out of the way up front and then so e3 is is the last kind of punch in a big fight so therefore they're, they're saving it all for last knowing that sony have to come out and say right well we've got to give over half our conference for this is what you know the social side of it is here's you know you can link to twitter or this that or the other and we you know we're doing you know all of those extra little things that people don't really want to hear about. And then they come away from the conference going, eh, it wasn't that good. Microsoft just showed games from minute one through to, you know, minute 90. Very good point. I mean, it, you've also got the question about, you know, after all the fury about the the Kinect being on, you know, what does Sony do with the PlayStation Eye? You know, do they basically just say, well, Microsoft have absorbed all of this fury or they've kind of softened people up. So now when, when we do it, then... People will just go, oh, well, you know, they always had to, you know, as you said, kind of toe the line. Or do they just kind of break completely from it? I mean, there's been this little kind of Twitter campaign of say no to DRM. And a couple of people from Sony have kind of replied back and, and made little jokes about it. But if if it's not, you know, if they haven't decided to scrap DRM and, they, you know, they are going down the same route of kind of slowly castrating the second-hand games industry then it does come across as you know a little bit disdainful for your customers to be kind of making jokes about it on twitter so i think they're, they're treading a really fine tightrope and they've got to you know knock this one out of the park but yeah we will be doing an e3 special um keep an eye on the site and uh make sure you tune in as soon as that's available ben you received your Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now, uh, lovingly. It's, um, I'll just, I'll just dust, dust it down. Hold on. <laughs> You've had it a day and it's already got dust on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the state of my house. Um, the, <clears throat> it turned up yesterday, yeah, so I haven't had that much time with it. Um, so What's the be- packaging like? Someone tweeted a, a picture of the packaging and it was the coolest little thing. Yeah, it was. It is, it is packaged really well, and it kind of feels like um, 
not entirely dissimilar to, to an Apple product or, um, you know, everything's kind of neatly laid out in there. All of the wires and stuff are underneath. Um, there was quite a lot of uh, the kind of, you know, the sticky covers you get over... Um, over screens, there was quite a lot of that just over everything on the controller that actually took me a good five minutes to let it all off, and I was re- I was kind of getting really frustrated with. That's it. your first game, right there. <laughs> it would be the most interesting. First one. and best game. <laughs> um, the most most rewarding, anyway. The box itself is really small. I guess um, it it kind of it more or less yeah it fits in your hand quite comfortably. Um, you're you're not saying what I was getting at when I was asking about the packaging. Doesn't it say thank you on it? Thank or? you for believing. <laughs> nice. No, I didn't want to bring it up because it was it's just it was so cringe. Because it was really Ponzi. It was just, yeah, so so you open it up and there's this red label thing that says in big white letters, thank you for believing and I, it went straight in the bin and <laughs> and it just made me cringe and I you know, and there's been quite a lot of uh Quite, they've had they've come in for quite a lot of criticism recently because they said that all of the consoles would ship by a certain date and they didn't and now they've kind of gone quiet on the subject. The communication. It was a couple been, of podcasts ago now, wasn't it? At least a couple. Yeah, since the, we last spoke. The communication's been um, regular, but very heavily spun towards positive messages when actually um, they haven't really been delivering on what people thought they should be what they said they would be so they've, they've come in for quite a lot of criticism and I was actually browsing on their subreddit um, the Ouya subreddit and it was almost entirely full of people um, really really disappointed either disappointed in not on Reddit really you know Reddit's lots of good <laughs> I, I, like, I like Reddit it's, don't, don't start <laughs> Leon, Leon can be very thankful he doesn't moderate oh, on there yeah. that's for sure um you know the quality varies from subreddit to subreddit. The, so, so the the console itself is fine. It's actually quite a nice little box. It's sort of it's very small. It's sort of out of the way. It's silent or it runs near silent. <clears throat> the controller is. Mo- I've got an Xbox controller in one hand and the Ouya controller in the other, and they're they're very dual wielding. Si- I'm dual wielding as we speak. Um, they're very very similar. It's essentially it's modelled on the Xbox controller, although it does have a little touchpad. Um, in the centre, not dissimilar to what the PlayStation 4 controller will have. Although, if the PlayStation 4 controller responds in the way this one does, there'll be a lot of unhappy um, purchasers, I think. It's a little bit all over the place. So, uh, what what have you installed? What have you downloaded? What Virtually you, nothing so far. So Ang- Angry Birds? <laughs> there's Angry Birds, there's um, Cannibal, you know, the, the running... There's a whole load of stuff that you've already played on your phone at some point. There are a couple of games that look all right, but um, actually I had... It was a little bit of a nightmare even getting it set up, to be honest. The first patch um, firmware update took ages to download. How, and, how long's ages? I mean, I, I left it for... <laughs> I had a nap. I left it for... Um, I left it for you half an hour. Well, I left it for about half an hour and it was about 25% done. And then I had a nap, woke up, and it was just about finishing. So it's probably about an hour and a half. And I don't know whether that was something to do with me, but I'm on a 30 meg connection, so it's not like I'm on a slow slow broadband. And then I had this weird thing where when you first turn it on, um, one of the first things it asks you to do is to connect wirelessly to your wireless network. And I connected, and then it did that download and installed it, but then couldn't find my wireless again. And I had to restart it a few times, and it was all a bit. And I looked it up, and there were some other people that had similar problems with wireless dropping out. Um, I couldn't get back onto the screen to be able to connect wirelessly. It was just, it was, <clears throat> it was basically, it was quite a bad experience from turning it I on. Think to you actually, clearly weren't believing. I wasn't believing. I'd believed up to that point. 
<laughs> that's why they that's why they thanked me at that point. <laughs> Thank you for believing so far you're about to not I still can't believe you had a nap. Well <clears throat> was this in the middle of the day? Yeah, I like to have a little nap. Everyone likes to have a little nap, right? Oh my god, that's like my dream is to be able to have a nap was, in the middle of the day. I I I had a I had the week off work last week, so everyone naps. No? <laughs> Of course they do, Ben. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Everyone under 10, yeah. <laughs> Everyone under 10 and over the age of 65. It's how I keep myself looking so youthful. It's when you call it 40 winks, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, um, so the... I haven't, like I said, I haven't downloaded and installed very much. I played about with some emulators. The, the There's this weird thing with it where the UI suddenly... You'll go onto a particular screen and it'll just switch onto... Uh, stock Android, you um, so the settings are exactly like the Android settings on your phone. And when you install software on it, it comes up. Have, you, have any of you, Leon? You've got an Android phone, haven't yep. you? You know, when you install something, it comes up with <clears throat> this app requires these permissions. Yeah. Um, you actually get the same thing. And I think on one thing I installed, it actually said permission to read the phone's memory. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just Android, isn't it? So. It, yeah, and it is. Yeah, that's what it is. So, but it. There's, there's all of these little things that kind of contribute to it not being a very seamless experience. The <clears throat> Just breaking the, uh, not illusion, that's not the breaking the experience. Ever yeah, so it is. And for, for example, when you go into the store for the first time, I think it has to load all of the thumbnails as you, you know, as, as anything does, but it takes ages. I left it there for over a minute and most of the icons didn't have the thumbnails filled in. They were just grey squares and you had to hover over them to see what they were. It was, it's just little things like that. It, it's, uh, the controls are, the controls through the menu are quite laggy. It's a bit, um, it just feels a little bit clunky and slow. And in terms of software and games, there's virtually nothing there of interest at all. You'd have to say that if, if this is going to, make it the second generation really would have been the one to uh i suppose this is not really what you want to hear but the second generation would have been the one to jump on board with because they'd have ironed out all of these issues but, i mean it, it was a kit project so if people hadn't have backed it up front then they never would have got to the point of being a second generation um yeah. i think you know I, they're gonna there'll hopefully be some um uh it's, it's always my letters the wrong way around it's bmc um, the media, the media player, it's, it is XBMC. Hopefully, at some point, they'll that will be out on it, and I might just use the whole thing as a media streaming box. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's great. XBMC is awesome, and um, yeah, if, if if it's useful for that, then you, you know you've already got your money back, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but but generally, I mean, it goes without saying, I can't recommend it to anyone uh, as it stands. I'll be um, writing a piece about it on the site at some point during the course of the month. I mean, I, I want to give it a fair crack, and it has only been these are just first impressions. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't put it on. I've been home today for almost all of the day and I haven't put it on once. And it only arrived yesterday. And how many times do any of you get a new toy and, and then on day two think I'm not even going to bother turning that on? Depends if you're having a nap or not, I suppose. I had a bit of a nap today as well. But I was, <laughs> um, I was a little bit worse for wear, so I earned it. What resolution does it kick out? Oh, It's got to be 1080p. So can you install... Uh, just regular apps on it. You can sideload apps onto it. So yeah, there's there's a way of uh, sideload. Yeah, that's what they call it. Because um, there's a, so there's a USB port, and you stick in a USB with um, various apps 
code. I think it's through the APIs or something. I'm not sure of the details. And then you can kind of install them onto the onto the system itself. That's how people have got things like Netflix running and XBMC at the moment as well, actually, because it isn't. You could have uh, a comic comic reading app on there. The thing is, though, everything that I can think, oh, you know, that might be quite a good idea, is something that I can already do on something else. That I'm, I haven't quite seen what the use for this thing is that I'll be getting something out of it that I can't use anything else for. There's a few, there are a few games on there that I've been looking at that are uh, local co-op games, and it looks quite good for that. And the reason why it's worth bringing that up is you can effectively use any controller with it, which is quite a nice touch. So I was watching a video on YouTube, and someone, one person had the Ouya controller, someone else had a wired Xbox controller, and two other people had wireless PS3 controllers, and they were playing a, you know, four-player local that's co-op. That's just crazy. It's quite a nice. Uh, that's something where I think, oh, you know, that's quite interesting. You can't do that on anything else. It's got uh, Bluetooth built in. Mm, yeah. All right, so you could get like a Skype app and we could podcast off it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. But, uh, <laughs> we won't need to because we're going to be doing it on our Xbox Ones with 1080p video. Very, very true. Hey, I had a thought actually earlier and I meant to bring it up. You know, you all kind of poo-pooed my, uh, my idea that it's going to be called just an Xbox. Mm. When the guy talked to it in the demo, what did he say? Xbox. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I still don't like the name. He couldn't have said one or anything else. He couldn't use any generic term, could he? So that backs up my theory. Well, well, anyway, we'll soon see. And I'll remind you just as I have today. (laughs) Uh, Reviews, fellas. Let's uh, catch up on reviews. I don't think we've spoken about reviews in a while, or it feels like a while anyway. Uh, Leon, you've been playing Dead Island Riptide. Uh, I quite enjoyed the first one. Um... Is there anything here for me in this uh, sequel? Did you finish the first one? Niente, I did not. Then there is nothing here for you. Um, <laughs> it, it is essentially the same as the first one. I was very similar to you. I played the first one, um, got bored of it about halfway through, and then not even halfway through, I was actually quite close to the end, um, and then just never picked it back up again. Um, I tried to pick it back up before Dead Island Riptide and couldn't even go back to it then. I think you said, didn't you, at the end of a podcast, you were going to go back and finish it up in time for... I did. I had all the good intentions to do so. Um, But then I realised why I stopped playing in the first place. Which is just that, I mean, Dead Island... You, you gave it a, little, a lot of leeway because it was the first title and it was a bit buggy and it wasn't doing a lot new, but they had the analogue controls which kind of pulled me into it, which was quite nice. Um, but ultimately, it was the same thing for about 12 hours, just over and over and over again. Melee combat with zombies, collecting things, creating new weapons, levelling up, oh no, my weapons don't work anymore, I need to buy new weapons, um, and so on and so on. And Riptide is essentially a carbon copy of that. In, a, in not even very different locations, to be honest. It's almost the definition of a cash grab, an unnecessary sequel which could have been an expansion or something. What's the uh, scenario this time around? It's the same scenario, literally. You're flying on the helicopter away from the island <laughs> that you just escaped from. You land on an aircraft carrier, get knocked out. Oh no, zombies are here again. Check out this new island and off we go again. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It, it, tru- it truly is like the most least it, it's it's possibly one of the 
worst sequels I've ever played for not moving on from the first one, if you will. They literally almost reskinned it or just extended out the first game. Didn't that was really going to be fix. my next question. What just what uh, did they just reuse assets and just? I mean, the assets are arranged differently, <laughs> but you know, there's only so many beaches and sun lounges and barrels that you can create. Um, wow. So why would you create any new ones? Um, but, I mean, there's a few. There's a few slight new little things. There's an extra character. There's a, a few different zombies. But when it comes down to it, you're still whacking zombies over the head and upgrading your weapons. And there's virtually no story to it, really. Sounds like they're, um, you know, milking that zombie cash cow. They really are. Um, it's the definition of milking it. Whether I don't, I don't know whether they didn't have any new ideas or they thought that there was just this appetite for more Dead Island. But there certainly isn't from my side, oh, anyway. We, well, we all love a, a zombie game, but. Man, you know, that's that's not cool. What a shame. So, reviews up on the site, and, um, yeah, I guess we kind of know uh, which way that review's going. Yeah, it didn't get very many stars. Shame. Mark, uh, Soul Sacrifice on the Vita? Yeah, cracking little uh, action RPG. Um, it's very much in the Monster Hunter mould of, you know, taking down large foes and uh, chipping away for, for kind of long periods of combat or at least it, it, it should be uh, some of the the sections are very short it's it's set up to be very much a, a grind um you know you work your way through the levels um you know crafting new weapons and the like it, it's 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 got kind of niche title written all over it it's it's surely destined to get a kind of cult fandom around it um it's it's all about atmosphere and story though. It, it's very dark. It's it's the kind of thing that you know you don't have much of on the Vita. So therefore, it's 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 a cracking little game for for certainly for the portables for summer, you know. And you get into that time where you're going to see so few decent, you know, console games come out. Everything's going to be pushed towards the portables. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's got decent enough multiplayer um it's great to kind of hook up with three other people and then you take down some massive foe some giant demon or, or the like and uh you know you just spend your time really kind of tinkering with your character finding the different weapons and different things that you can fuse together because it's all about kind of summoning and, and spells and it's it's predicated on this notion that ultimately you'll have to sacrifice something in combat so therefore you get these almost like a like a, a superpower, like a, some kind of giant weapon that you know you might have to sacrifice your flesh for or an arm for or something like that, and then that will halve defenses or cause you to be vulnerable to something and the like. Um, it's not quite as permanent as it makes out. Um, it's it's not quite as hardcore as as your demon souls or that kind of thing, but it, it's very much a, an addictive game, and because it, it all the quests can be completed quite quickly. A single player but very quickly when you get a group of you know very hardcore players that you team up with it's just so easy just to kind of dip in and out of so it, it kind of is it as uh is it as tough as demon souls is it a hard game uh, i'd say no because the the grinding actually makes it you know that much easier as in you can actually see demon souls was and dark souls was more about gamer skill and you know you would slowly and slowly accumulate things that would help you whereas this is is very much i mean if as i say if you get in a little gaming session online with three people who are a significantly higher level than you you can accumulate loads of experience points you can basically just kind of jump up levels by just kind of dipping in and out of combat and being the little guy you know scared and carrying in the corner at least that's what i did in the month ahead what you got fellas 
I should have Fuse dropping any day now. I think it came out the other day, um, being vague because we don't know when we're recording this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the Fuse, which is is Insomniac, yeah, Insomniac's first multi-platform title, which actually looked quite cool. Uh, ben, I guess we've got your uh, oh, oh, Ouya uh, right up to look forward to. <laughs> um, yep, yeah, Ouya, and there'll be a couple of other claims as well. What's uh, Steve Manny putting out anytime soon? Well, Manny's away for a little while. He's having a little holiday, I believe, but he should have uh, Grid 2 up at some point uh, when he gets back. Um, I thought of Steve today. I saw someone had posted on there on Twitter the Lego Ewok Village is uh, coming out soon. Yeah, I'll be twisting Steve's arm to take on some more. There are, there are more Lego titles coming out. I don't think it was a game. I just think it was an actual Ewok village that you could build. <laughs> an actual yeah. thing. Well, you know, people love that stuff. You know, it goes for huge money. You know, you've got all the Lego Star Wars stuff. That stuff, anytime that goes down for a sale in some kind of supermarket or something, people are all over it. I'm semi-looking forward to um, my son getting into Lego. And I say semi because I quite like the idea of building something with him. But also, I do absolutely hate all of his toys with a real passion. Don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> is it because um, <laughs> the toys are noisy? Because they're bloody everywhere. <laughs> Literally taking over. But wait till you buy him a Lego Millennium Falcon and he just decides that he's going to put it together wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, you want to be careful what you wish for because my house is covered with Lego and Duplo and just bits of things everywhere. Yeah. It gets worse, Steve, not better. Do you know what? One of my one of my most vivid memories as a kid is my um, my dad absolutely losing his <laughs> one day and ripping the legs off my um, attack. <laughs> <laughs> did he step on some Lego or something? Did he? Uh, I don't know what <laughs> happened. I mean, well, I kind of do. We didn't tidy up our room. My brother and I shared a room. And my dad just went postal. <laughs> and, so he crippled an attack. And tore the legs off my uh, attack. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a painful memory. You're still hurting, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I can tell. You know, that must have been a good 23 years ago. And I remember it ever so vividly. <laughs> Make sure you tune in for the E3 special where we'll be hearing yeah. about all the rest of Steve's traumatic <laughs> 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 Uh, ben, you took a trip down to the AR versus VR exhibition in Shoreditch uh, last week. I was going to go down, but unfortunately I couldn't make it. Yeah, so uh, a company called Inition uh, were hosting this event, AR versus VR, and uh, it was in their offices in Shoreditch, and it's part of a kind of wider digital Shoreditch festival, which I think has been happening for three years now, um, promoting the best of uh, what's going on all around that area, which they call Tech City. Um, and uh, as part of it, I'd like to have a go with an Oculus Rift, rather excitingly. Uh, omnidirectional uh, treadmill as well, or...? Th there was some omnidirectionality uh, wow. going on, but it wasn't a treadmill. Oh. They, had, um, they, had, they had something else there that you could... Um, that um, I'm just trying to desperately remember the name of. Uh, it was called a whiz dish, uh, and it's, they call it... <laughs> A Sorry, what now? What? A whiz dish. Sounds like some that sort of nineties uh, acid house <laughs> craze, doesn't it? The thing is, um, actually, I, I, I've I've got. This is the one thing that I saw that I have really um, 
conflicted feelings about. I, I, it works very. I'll just explain what it is. It's they actually call it a locomotion platform, right? So it is an. If you imagine uh, a, a disc, lightly omnidirectional treadmill, which I hope everyone's watched that video now. So it's a sort of circular thing that you stand on, but you let special shoes in this place. So you stand on it with these special shoes, and you keep your feet in contact with the dish at all times. But with the shoes on, it makes the contact almost frictionless. I mean, you're never going to fall over, but there's not very much friction. And you can sort of imitate walking by sliding your feet forwards and backwards, almost like you're walking on the spot, doing some sort of weird moonwalk-style thing. amazing. Um, it actually works really well. And the people, the developers were there, and they were such, such lovely guys and really kind of dedicated to it. I've actually been working on it since way before the Oculus Rift came along. But you can't help but who's gonna who's gonna have this in their front room? You know, it's the same as we talked about with the omnidirectional Mark. treadmill. <laughs> Mark, yeah, other than Mark. <laughs> and and I, I really felt and you know, it's one of those things where I do kind of hope I'm wrong because they they've put a lot they really obviously care about their product and they've you know, you meet some people at some things and they they're just going through the motions, they're doing yeah. yeah. But these people they obviously care about what they've done, but I just I can't see it for myself. I mean it was it, it was fun you know it was fun to have, to have a go with and sort of a good laugh to watch other people and all of that but you know i i really don't see where the where that sort of product is going i don't know i mean i, I am fa- did you try an oculus rift on so i did yeah i spent quite a bit of time with an oculus rift on i am fascinated by them and i do want to have some hands-on time and, and see what it really is like to to use it i mean what what, what was it was it weird was it good was it so I think it's important to separate the two things. The kind of the experience I had on the day. This isn't going to be representative of what it, whether I want one at home or whether it might be worth getting one at home. But as a as a first as a, time you've ever used one. first time I've ever used it, I spent okay. a lot of time using it with different things, applications that people have built, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I had great fun with it. So the the unit itself at the moment, there's only the developer kits out. Um, which don't have integrated headphones. So you've got the the sort of eye piece, the headset that glows on, and then you've got headphones that glow over the top. There is a picture out there in the wild of, of you. Of me with it on my face, my beautiful big face. And uh, <laughs> the... Um, it's very comfortable, very light to wear. At the moment, the technology isn't as good as it will be in the final version. I, if I if I, if I got what people were saying right, at the moment it's SD or something like SD, but the final product will be high def. Um, and there's sort of various other little bits about it that aren't quite the way that it's going to be in the final thing. But even so, it was very very convincing. The so what what were you actually seeing though when you put it on? So were I tr- you in a game or were you in a... I tried three or four different things. The first thing that I did was I had a go with um, something uh, that had been developed by a Norwegian company and they developed these uh, spherical cameras, right, that film uh, in all directions at any one time and they're using it to... So they had a couple of examples there where they'd recorded uh, a racing car going around a track and another one with a guy on a windsuit who jumped off a mountain and this camera kind of sits in both places somewhere above the head of the of the people that you're watching and when you put the oculus rift on you can watch this video and you can look around in the video 
however you want to look around. So the in the racing car example, you're, the car's driving forward, but you can turn around and see what's behind. You can look at the clouds in the sky. You can look down at the hands of the driver. Um, and it's a quite a surreal experience, and especially that because it isn't video game graphics. It's actually real life real, images. Yeah. But my, I, I did something that I noticed a lot of other people do. My first reaction was I had the thing on and I put my hand in front of my face because like I mentioned this in the article that I wrote about it it's as if my brain needed to know that what I was seeing wasn't real it's a real it kind of throws you for a moment um, but you were aware that it was lower definition than obviously real sight yeah, you, the, the, there's two things that, yeah so the Oculus Rift I think the display of it was lower uh, definition than uh, the final product will be but also the camera that they'd recorded this technology is really new I think and the people that were developing it I think they've only had the Oculus Rift available to them for the last month. So we're talking really kind of hot off the press stuff. The spherical camera that these guys used um, to develop is called their 360 degree camera. They're, they're, the company is called Making View. Um, their camera captures it at 4K, but it captures it across the whole sphere. And he was explaining to me that that means that if any one time you're looking at a part of the video, you're not seeing it in that definition. And that's compounded by the fact that at the moment the Oculus Rift isn't displaying at the highest possible definition. But regardless, it's enough to, to really make you feel like, oh, you know, like, like you're there might be overstating it a bit, but certainly um, it's not like any experience I've ever had before. Of, of, I'm actually of really disappointed. I couldn't go now. Yeah, but the other thing, uh, if if we've got time, just to talk about a little bit, was the the sort of the gameplay demo thing. Or it was it was it was more like a, a sort of challenge they'd set up of walking a plank. Um, so this was in a kind of different area, and this was Inition themselves had developed this piece of software uh, to use the with plank. the Oculus Rift. Walking the plank, right? So what they had is a real plank on the ground, uh, a red plank that was sort of slightly wider than your two feet next to each other, slightly narrower than two feet next to each other. It's sort of standard issue pirate plank. Styrate, <laughs> that's right, yeah. And it's probably about seven feet in length or something like that. And so you start, and so it is... It was just on the ground, so if you were to step off, you know, it's a sort of half an inch step down. But with the Oculus Rift on, uh, you started off with your back to the wall at the end of the plank, and what you were seeing with, with the Oculus Rift on is it starts off in a room, a sort of darkened room, and uh, you can have a look around, and you're kind of simulated on rails moving forward through the room, and a door opens. And when the door opens, you're suddenly outside, and in real life, they've got fans pointing at you, so it feels like the wind is blowing at you. Brilliant. And through the headphones, they're playing the sound of, you know, wind high up, you know, kind of whistling through the buildings. And what you're seeing is uh, a building that you're standing on, a wooden plank in front of you, a building on the other side, and hundreds of feet's worth of drop. You know, it's just kind of rocks down the bottom. And uh, me and ev everyone else bar one person that I saw that did it, immediately your hands go back on the wall. I mean, you just can't, you can't help but react to it. Fantastic. And walking across, I was really kind of, you know, kind of baby steps, one foot in front of the other. Um, and it was, it was a real experience. And that's, that's what I meant at the start about, does that translate into the home? No, not that experience, I don't think it does. But as a kind of, as an event, as a day out and a way to sample what the technology is all about, it was really exciting, it was really great stuff. You know what, you, you instantly reminded me, and it's weird because we were talking about Mirror's Edge earlier, I think I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but I do get excited about it. When I played Mirror's Edge, it was a, a really lovely spring day. And I, I played the whole game over the course of the day and I threw open my, my patio doors. So when I was 
on top of these buildings that had this breeze kicking through the house and it just added another layer to that game and look you know if something like that can be simplified and brought into the home then i think we'd all be for that level of immersion i mean we would wouldn't we um i'm not gonna buy it but i endorse the idea because it's a step along the way to the holodeck as i said before <laughs> it's, it's like everybody going crazy about connect and stuff and i think it was bearman on the forums made the best quote i've heard of all of this stuff is if we don't embrace these changes now how are we ever going to get to the holodeck i think look you know you've got to you've got to see it for what it is no one's going to realistically well maybe some people would but i mean no one should realistically expect this to you know be some kind of a perfect um interface for something like fallout 4 for example but if you took a game like um uh what's the one i'm thinking of on the pc is it amnesia ben the, yeah, the kind of the horror the horror one, one? Yeah. yeah so you've got amnesia 2 coming out and it's really just kind of an exploration game um where you're kind of plodding through scenarios um, I, I wouldn't be able to i amnesia is terrifying when you play, i just i can't even imagine i mean yeah it's it's literally one of the scariest games you could play and i'm not saying this is going to be for everyone but that would really be playing to the strengths of this device there are i think there are two shortcomings in terms of playing games with it um <clears throat> that, that sort of immediately sprang to mind when i was using it one is the same as the clinette is how do you let movement how do you walk around and if you're not going to have something like an omnidirectional treadmill or or whatever how how do you do the thing where you're walking forward now the second thing is um Everything that I've seen so far doesn't seem to differentiate between where you look and where you aim. So if you've got something where you're shooting, at the moment it would seem to me that um, it's kind of centred on wherever it is that you're looking rather than where you'd be pointing something. And I think possibly the right solution might be that you have the headset with a control pad, but where the right stick is effectively your head instead of the right stick. And maybe that sort of controls where you're aiming a gun instead. Like, I'm sure there are ways around it, but I think it would still need to be supported by a control pad. Which is, but, And for that reason, I think if you combined those, control pad plus um, the, the um, Oculus Rift, I think there's potential in that for in the home. Yeah, I but mean, as a look, device by itself, no. The reality is we still want to play games sat on the couch, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're never really going to get 100%, at least not in the immediate future, away from a controller. A, because we don't want to, and B, because it's probably not the best way forward right now. So, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. People are, there's some people that are really committed to seeing this through. So, you know, there, there certainly will be some talking points ahead and definitely some exciting times ahead. Uh, anyone interested to read up on uh, Ben's thoughts on the AR versus VR exhibition, that article is now on the site and um, ready for your reading pleasure. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to tune into the E3 special, keep an eye on the site. That's probably going to be going up hopefully within a few days of the conference wrapping up. Um, and we'll be giving our reactions to all the big announcements uh, and hopefully there'll be some surprise talking points we um, always appreciate you tuning in and listening in if you could swing by iTunes and um, give us a uh, 12 star rating uh, that would be massively appreciated we of course uh, always read your comments on the thread as well if you want to see a picture of Ben with an Oculus Rift on swing by the thread and um, 
have a good laugh at his uh, <laughs> massive head. <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful massive head. Uh, it's, it's good to see him in a picture when he's not napping. <laughs> Uh, I have, of course, been Steve Hill. Uh, big thanks to Mark. Cheers, Steve. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. And high five, Leon. High five. See you at E3. We'll see you all uh, just after E3. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Forums podcast is copyright M2N Limited.